Hello there. Hello there. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Ewoks and Gonk Droids, to Star Wars in a Galaxy. Here we have our penultimate episode discussing Knights of the Old Republic. Also, we're going to be discussing what uh, Eli and I believe to be our top five Star Wars plot twists. But let's we'll get, get right to that to later. Um, but first, let's go over. Let's go over what happened in this sequence of Knights of the Old Republic because we are talking about an hour. Um, and the first thing, why we're why are we talking about the twist, Jacob? What's so significant about twists? It's because of the biggest thing that happened in this episode, and that is that Revan oh, finds yeah. out that he is well Revan. Now, we've been spoiling it since the um, beginning of the uh, covering of KOTOR, but it's still pretty damn significant. It's, um, I agree. It's, it's a pre- it's, it, is, it is why the story of KOTOR is beloved by so many. I, I believe this twist is like the penultimate, like the ultimate thing that everyone loves about Knights of the Old Republic. How it was set up, how it was revealed. My thing is, he keeps having dreams even after he's revealed he's Revan, which seems, I mean, it seems realistic, but it seems a little weird in terms of the plot. Did you notice that? Yeah, I mean, I found the whole thing, especially the big reveal, when he was talking to Malik to be kind of funny, some of the things he said, like, well, how did you defeat Revan, or, I mean, me? But... Yeah, Revan is not the best talker in these sort of scenes. <laughs> Um, Bastila yeah. also does a very, very old Ben-esque sacrifice, um, if you notice yeah. when she's fighting Malak, which I find I th- very, very interesting. With the I think it was, I would say it's a direct callback to that, given that we saw, like, she says, no, go, and then he screams no, and then the door is closed. To yeah, me, that it's seems... very direct. It's, it's more New Hope Yeah, that seemed like, um, that can't be... That can't be a coincidence. Also, let's talk about Darth Bandit. We see Darth Bandit on Tatooine. Um, in when I was playing Kotor, we saw him on Manon, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I gotta say, Malik did a bad job choosing a new apprentice. Like a very, very bad job choosing a new apprentice. Why? The, what do you think? Because he, because Darth Bandit is so ineffective. Yeah, you're right, you're right. He's all talk and no actual action because he gets defeated by Revan so gosh darn easily. Um, Mm -hmm. And we also get the really breathtaking shot where we see a flashback of Revan at the Rakatan Temple and then the camera pans to see Revan finally take off his mask and it's the the face of the the player character, which is one of the... um, Yeah. Which is so extremely... Uh, is one of the most is one I of I think the best shots in this entire game. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. We're talking about um, twists, and I thought it would, would be a good idea if uh, Jacob and I brought our top five Star Wars twists to this um, episode. Now we need one uh, rule. What is that rule, Jacob? Uh, we couldn't use the infamous I am your father. Or technically that's a misquote. It's no, I am your father, but I yeah. think people misquote it so they sound less creepy when they're referencing it. <laughs> no kidding. Like, what if but... I just walked up to you and said, no, <laughs> no I, I am, am your, your father. father. Yeah, um, it, I, I do agree. That's why people misquote it often, but we decided not 
to use that twist because come on, we both have it as our number one because it is the most one of the most iconic twists in cinema history. But go ahead, Jacob. I'd like you to share with us your number five. And before you do, I just want to say we don't know any of our picks. We don't know anything. So this is going to be revealed to us as it's going to be revealed to you guys. So go ahead. All right. My number five. When Luke crash lands. I mean, there, the thing about this plot twist is... Here, is, I'll just is, say it, it. is it Yoda? Yes, it's Yoda. The, the ketamine swamp creature, the crazy giggling seagulls, stop it now, grabbing my beater, putting a fish in R2-D2's basket, hitting him on the head, eating the sausage. That guy is actually Yoda now. I'm now most putting Star a link fans, to seagulls, stop it now in the description of the podcast. Most, most Star Wars fans, I think, I think nowadays seeing that, like, even for the first time, Everyone probably, if we know anything about stars, we know who Yoda is. I knew who Yoda was when I first watched that movie. But I think for someone, maybe for someone maybe who was seeing it for the very first time in the theaters, or from Luke Skywalker's perspective, I think it would have been very, um, I think it would have been very surprising and probably pretty, not not very powerful. But I think somewhat, I think I, I like the message of like judge me by my size do you like don't judge me because i'm small and green and i look like a talking frog so that's why i like that interesting i think it's a and good it's, choice it, it's a very so, good choice. and it's also a moment it's a moment of humility for luke too because he dismisses him he says i'm looking for yoda he's a great warrior he's a great warrior he's like i'm yoda wars, he's like, no, wars make not make one great i'm looking for a great warrior <laughs> Great warrior. Wars <laughs> not make one great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I'm gonna put up do my number five. Before I do, this is the only spoiler warning I'm going to be given giving just because the content I'm gonna be discussing is pretty new. It's not crazy new, but it's pretty new. Um uh, and right. I'm talking about the Star Wars video game Jedi Fallen Order. Now, I did not connect with the characters much in this plot um, of Jedi Fallen Order, but I liked them okay. Um, and one, and I think Jedi Fallen Order provided one of the best twists in Star Wars, and that is that the second sister is Trilla Siduri. Um, the full twist for you guys that haven't played Jedi Fallen Order uh, and you don't know, uh, the Cal, Cal, who's the main character, who's like a surviving Jedi Padawan, his like new master, his, her name is Seer, Seer and her uh, Padawan Trilla Siduri were hiding out from the Empire and protecting some younglings, and Seer yeah. initially tells Cal that um, when the Empire found Trilla, that they killed her, but what actually happened is that, you know, battle between Cal and the second sister on the planet of Zepho. Um, the second sister takes off her mask and reveals that she indeed is Trilla. And I didn't really care for the characters much in Fallen Order, but when I saw that plot point, and I knew something was coming, I knew there was going to be a plot twist about the second sister, I still was taken aback by that. I could not believe it. It was one of those twists where it was like completely out of left field and yet it made so much sense given the yeah. narrative of Star Wars. 
I okay. don't, um, I'm not really that familiar with, um, Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, I'm not really that familiar with Jedi Fallen Order. That being said, I did, I think I watched that part on YouTube, or maybe I, uh, Maybe when, um, maybe when you, I was playing at when, when it, well, yeah, when we were playing it, I um, I think I saw. I thought it was a pretty cool twist. The whole thing with the torture. I don't remember it that clearly, but I liked it. That was cool. That's cool. Okay, number four. Number four. Oh, I'm going first. I'm yeah. Bad. Number four. This is from Rogue One. Oh, you're going that, Rogue that, One. Is it everyone yeah. dies? No, the Death's, what I think to be a much more interesting plot twist than that. The Death no Star's kidding. weakness was actually sabotage on the part of Galen Erso. I thought I'm just was, applauding uh, you for not doing the everyone dies twist, because I think that is one of the worst plot devices in any Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> not going to lie. But, um, but anyway, interesting. I'm, I would not have chosen that, but I appreciate that. Go on. Yeah. I think it's a cool uh, plot twist. Not necessarily because um, not necessarily because um, because there was a plot hole to begin with. But I think that it um, I think that one of it's one of the um, in my opinion it's one of the rare occasions where Disney has managed has managed to do something that like gives more depth and backstory not the entire movie but at least this one part the sabotage and galen or so building a weakness in because he hates the empire i think it kind of shows how like the empire and emperor palpatine how his, his iron grip and his cruelty it kind of um it, it can kind of backfire and i think i think that's that's kind of a cool thing to show that even in the empire that is interesting there are people who like are kind of being forced to do what they do. Yeah. But I, th I think it's one of the rare occasions where Disney does something that lends depth and makes part of the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy or makes part of the original six movies more interesting without changing or undermining it. That, that is very interesting. Okay, I'm about to draw some controversy here with my number four, mostly from Jacob, but, you know... I call it like I see it. Uh, number four, the death right. of Supreme Leader Snoke in Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Um, really? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I I I knew I knew Snoke was not gonna make it out of the sequel trilogy alive, but I think we were all expecting that he was gonna die in Episode Nine. Um, but instead, they pulled a fast one. I'll save one. my comments till you're done. I, th um, instead, they pulled a fast one on us, and, um, and, uh, what was I gonna say? and killed him a movie earlier. Um, I will say, Snoke's rambling. I see his every intent. Yes. I see him turning the lightsaber to strike true. And now, foolish child, he ignites it and kills his true enemy. Made this a little less shocking because it made it less shocking in one way and more shocking another way. 
he he goes, you know, uh, she picks up her lights. He picks up his lightsaber and kills his true enemy or something like that. Um, and and I'm like, uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna be on the stabbing end of his own words. But then the thought swelled in my mind while I was watching that movie. They're really killing him now. What are they doing? How are they killing him now? Why why is that happening? And um, I think. I actually do think in with the reveal in episode 9 that Snoke was created by Palpatine, I actually think that this reveal is made more interesting because what feels like such a significant moment for the galaxy and for uh, and for Star Wars is really just another test that Palpatine put up as a machination for Kylo Ren which I also love, one of the things I like about Palpatine's return in episode 9 is that it, it's a feeling of, oh, he's been planning this thing the entire time. Oh my god. And that's why Snoke Death is at number 4 for me. Alright, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm gonna try and not be, gonna try not to be too, um... Too against this. You better no, not, not gonna... because I have more Last Jedi plot twists coming up. All right, well, <laughs> I'll try and keep this short and sweet, or I guess we could say more short and salty, or short and bitter. Short I... and saltier than Crate? I Yes, saltier than Crate. In fact, Crate with a C, not Crate with a K, mind you. But quite frankly, I saw it coming. Um... It was, in my opinion, pretty disappointing. We didn't even get to see Snoke's backstory. And while that kind of got rectified a bit in Episode 9, it was clear that, that, that there was no overarching plan. That being said, I, uh, I really didn't... Um, I, I really just didn't vibe with... Um, I, re I really just didn't vibe with that decision to, um, to kind of kill him in that way, I, I really saw it. I just found it super predictable. I I really, really knew that it was coming, to be totally honest. Not trying to sound like I know it all, but just... Uh, Don't worry, I think the twists are going to get less controversial. I think that was the most controversial yeah. one that I had on and what about yeah, you I just go feel on... like it, it really didn't add anything to the story. So that's my... Uh, what about you go on to yeah. your number three? All right. I think you'll appreciate three. my number three much more than you right. appreciated my number four. <laughs> okay, well, my number three uh, is um, it's from Rebels. Mine so is too. Be... Oh wow, it may be a bit um, it really um, I I know probably not as many people are gonna know Rebels as they knew um, the Clone Wars. If any, if anyone's listening to this. Not as many people are going to know Rebels as the Clone Wars, and not as many people are going to know Clone Wars as Rogue One. But um, Ezra um, uses space-time travel in the World Between Worlds thingy oh, to, good one. To, save, uh, to save Ahsoka by, by basically reaching through time and space using this force, crazy Force gateway thing. If I could um, quickly interject, I think one of the reasons um, that, you that you remember this one is because you lost a bet. I did. I did lose a bet. That is true. <laughs> you had really I bad I timing. I bet that um. Jacob and I were betting around the time Rebels was releasing, and I'm like, 
I swear to God, Ahsoka's coming back. Ahsoka's coming back, and it's going to be better than ever. Uh, and he's like, and Jacob's like, nah, Ahsoka's dead. Um, this is after Twilight Apprentice, where we thought Ahsoka might have died. Um, the day after uh, we sa I, he said that, Dave Filoni was at Celebration, and he walked out with a shirt that's saying, Ahsoka lives. lives. And then, a couple months flash to a couple months later, <sighs> Jacob's like, we haven't seen, we haven't seen her. Um, and I'm like, I still think she's alive. Very next day is World Between Worlds. I know, I know. I have a knack for bad timing, apparently. Apparently. Say? But. But I think that one is interesting, and yes, I almost chose I, it. I actually almost chose it, but I thought uh, I thought of a better twist, in my yeah. opinion, for Rebels. But I don't really, I don't think there, there's not a lot of significance to say to it. I mean, the implications of the, um. The World Between Worlds. The implications of the idea of the world between worlds are, I think, quite frankly, from if I was a, a screen, if I was like a writer writing writing for Star Wars, I would quite frankly be terrified by that because, I mean, a lot of uh, very acclaimed writers have gone on the record, such as Justin Roiland, Dan Harmon, um, who else? Uh, maybe maybe even uh, George Lucas, if I if I if my memory serves me. Um, saying that uh, time travel is not something that writers and them, that they do not like to mess with, yeah. something they do not want to mess with because of how messy it can be. And For so me, I think it's, it's interesting like JK Rowling that Ezra can access in... that and no one else can. Yeah. Or very or few other people can. Yeah. I think it does. Um, it is interesting because what I like about it is the way that if you go back. As I have been doing um, with my sister since I have nothing to do right now in social isolation, and very little to do anyway. The um the way that if you actually look at what's been happening through Rebels through all the seasons leading up to season four, it actually there were little hints dropped here and there, especially in the episode uh, near the end of season two where Ahsoka, um, Ezra, and Kanan go into the temple. I'm forgetting the name of the episode. Apprentice. No, not Twilight Apprentice. They go into the oh, Jedi Shroud Temple of Darkness. Hall. Shroud, Shroud of Darkness. Darkness. And then they open up a second door, which is actually a door that has, like, the mystical Lothal, like, the mystical ancient Lothal force markings on it. Oh, And, and it? just, just little hints like that that get dropped throughout season one, two, and three. And that's why I think it's a great plot twist, because it just kind of leads up to it, and I really think that's cool. See, for me, my Rebels plot twist is something that we never could have predicted. It's weird. Mine is um, also from season four. Um, oh, mine really? is that the capital on Lothal is actually a mobile spaceship. Oh, yeah, that was so good. That was so good. And then what's really interesting is that uh, also if you go back, the episode where Ezra finds out that his parents are dead and they um, also in season two and they remember Ryder Azadi. There's a scene where Ezra is, um, he has a forced vision where he's standing on the tower and looking out over Lothal, looking out over capital, over Lothal capital city or an iteration of Lothal capital city before the Imperials arrive. And what's interesting is that there are a bunch of really, a cluster of really tall ornate gleaming white spires that we just oh, don't yeah. see. And so it's interesting as I think that they, um, they've actually been, uh, or I'm, I'm guessing that the Empire actually tore all those down in order to put in their giant spaceship. Yeah, I, I, I complete. 
I completely agree. The fact that it's a spaceship is just insane. My thing is, the twist sort of got lessened a little bit, and here's why. It has nothing to do with Rebels. The exact same thing happens at the end of Star Wars Resistance Season 1. They use the exact same twist. Well, did that come out before... Uh... Yeah. Oh man, I just Rebels, I haven't even, I haven't even Rebels seen Rebels came Resistance. out before Resistance. I've only seen, I've only seen like the beginning and endings of season one, but I know that yeah. at the end of season one, they launched the main ship, the Colossus, into space. Wow. It's kind of a copy. Yeah. I'm not dishing on Resistance because you can find plenty of people who are willing to do that. It's not a bad show, but... No, no. I just can't bring myself to watch it. But they did you. But they did reuse the twist of the, of the hub of everything being a spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did. They did reuse it. But I mean, for me, it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But number two. It was a darn good twist. All right. Number two. Another another rebels one. Ahsoka is fulcrum and helped to organize the rebellion. Now, there are two good things one. I love about this. There, there are a few things I love about this twist. I guess, first off, I gotta say, the fact that throughout season one, once again, this is something that I think Rebels does a really good job of in general, which is kind of slowly building character arcs, plot developments. And I really like that about Rebels. Like, the way that they slowly, like, kind of built up little, little pieces of information about Fulcrum, little, uh, Little little bits of information, little bit of like the conflict between Sabine and Hera about wanting to know where Rebels is. I do like, remember just, and, keenly remembering yeah. through season one. I'm like, this Fulcrum person, they're important. They're somebody. Yeah. And the way that it, it's just it's just so good in my mind. The way um like you get these little bits of information, like you can see like like the like how it's so open to like all the all the theory crafting. Which is, uh, in my, yeah, that's what I love, like how it was really, it made theory crafting so, um, I guess, opportune. Like how you saw that the person had horns, and then you saw that the, uh, yeah, you saw that the person had horns, and then you saw that they, um, then you saw on the full, on Fulcrum's crates, you saw Ahsoka's, um, like one of Ahsoka's tats. And just like little, just little things like that made it so cool when we finally realized that it was Ahsoka. And just honestly, I mean, when when that scene actually happened, I was watching Fire Across the Galaxy the finale for the first time. My jaw just dropped. I was like, I, I was practically like squealing and b- tapping my toes on the ground. Like it was a, it was it was really awesome. No kidding. Okay, my number two. This may be a little controversial, but I don't think it's going to be as controversial as Snoke. It's also from The Last Jedi. Four words. See you around, kid. Luke Skywalker was just a force protection the entire time. Mm. What I think... I hate that. (laughs) Not going to lie, I hate that. I just got to say it. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna actually mirror what you're saying about rebels. I think what uh, Last Jedi does so well is it actually it um it drops little clues why when Luke is dueling well dueling in quotes because they never actually exchange lightsaber blows but 
Why is it when Luke is dueling Kylo Ren, A, do their blades never hit? B, are there not footsteps in the salt? Um, yeah. Why, why is, um, why does Leia look up with, um, at Luke in a suspicious way when, she, uh, when he kisses her head? Um, there's all of these, and the see-around kid especially, I always had a personal headcanon, which is, Luke's like, what would piss off Kylo Ren the most? His really? father. His father. So Luke purposely oh, no. did an impression of Han wow. to try and no. make Kylo Ren as angry as possible. You'd think Luke would try and be nicer to him now after realizing that the re basically like the reason he turned to the dark side is because he tried to kill him instead of instead of trying to be understanding or say like, hey, I well, noticed he was trying that you're to falling the to the dark side. Time. Why don't you just... It, I don't know. It just doesn't feel... It just doesn't really fit with Luke's character. I mean, it fits with his character in The Last Jedi. It just doesn't... I feel like it doesn't really fit with his character in the rest of the... In the rest of the movies, the way he's such, like, kind of... He's, he's kind of, like, so, I guess, honest, straightforward, kind of, by, by the end, humble. But that's just me. No, I, I get it. It was it was funny though. It was funny. Yeah. Like, um, go ahead, your number one. Funny. I'm interested right. to see what your number one is. I'm number very one. interested. Fives uncovers Order sixty six. The Kaminoans knew about it and they covered it up. That was just insane. Interesting. It was, it was so sad. It, that was just so amazing on so many levels. I just gotta I just gotta Jacob. gush for a minute about how much I loved that. How much I love Dave Filoni for doing that, Jacob. But just ironically, it was just insane. Mine is also from the later Clone Wars seasons too. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I do agree with the. I remember watching yeah. those episodes for the first time. I was my mind was blown, but my mind was it was so was not more was blown. Just, oh, go ahead. Can I finish? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. What I loved about it, I was gonna say, is the just the amount of intrigue there is and the the tragic element of how some of what makes in my opinion revenge of the sith and especially after having watched clone wars and what within watching clone wars what makes the biggest the fall of jedi and the fall of the republic feel so tragic and emotionally like heartrending at times is how is how close it comes to being prevented you know Absolutely, what i mean Absolutely, yeah it just comes so close to being prevented, and then you have like Commander Fox, and just oh, need I say more? I don't. I don't think I do. It's a really great. It's a really great. It's a really great. Oh my gosh! I just did it again. It's a really great twist. I feel yeah. like I'm in cliche exhaust plorts. <laughs> also, another link down the description. Okay, I'm only going to ask this once. Are there any exhaust plots that go directly to the main reactor Cut. on this new Death Star? Because what? Why did we? Why did we stop? You said exhaust plorts. Exhaust plorts? Well, yeah, that's it's weird. exhaust ports, not plorts. Right, right. Of course, I know how to say it. Why would I say exhaust plorts? That's crazy. <laughs> exhaust plorts. Sorry, everyone. Jedi, hazy scene two, take two. Action. Are there any exhaust plorts that go directly to Cut. the main reactor? Are there, there any are more all exhaust these, uh, plorts on this ship? God damn it, not again. 
Um, All right. All right. What's your number one? What's your number one? My is number. My number one. I'm just gonna preface this by saying, um, by saying that this one is not number one because of how much of a twist it is. It's a pretty darn good twist, but mine is. It's about how heartbreaking and sad it is. Mm. Oh yeah. Wait. I got. I gotta make a disclaimer too. This isn't what I think are necessarily the uh, best or most impactful or most iconic plot twists. These are just what I consider to be. Some of some my personal, um, my my personal most um un, what what I personally believe to be the most underrated tweets. And mine I are, say tweets, twists. And and mine are along the same lines too. I don't think these are like the five like absolute set in stone best. I think just this is my opinion about on what were five very very cool plot twists. Number f- number one though for me, Ahsoka Tano leaves the Jedi Order. You see, you see her walking away, you hear this really, really, really depressing violin music playing, and you realize that, that Jedi Order really, really failed. And it was just this... It, they, had a, they had a scandal, but they had this crazy scandal about a bombing, and they, yeah. they blamed the so wrong... Crazy. They blamed the and wrong person. And it was Barriss. And it was Barriss all along. That was insane. Yeah, I know. And the... Um, and what you realize at the end of that arc is that it was never really about the bombing in the first place. It was about Ahsoka and Barris in a roundabout way, but Ahsoka realizing that the Jedi do not practice what they preach anymore. They're not the superheroes. They're not the like um, peacekeepers. They're not the they're not the heroes that they used to be. That they should be. That she thinks they should be. Mm. Um, and that is the and it's so heartbreaking as as Anakin tries to cope. And my favorite line from that scene actually is Anakin saying, um, "I understand more than you realize." I understand wanting to walk away from the order. Um, and, yeah. and, and the implications of that, and I'm, I'm just such a huge Clone Wars fan, and I love Ahsoka, and it broke my heart to see that scene. It still gives yeah. me goosebumps. So that's my number one twist. Any thoughts? Jacob? Nope. I think, I, I think that's I think that's got it covered. I like I your think, list. I, I like I like your list as well. I think there's some pretty good lists. Um, I'll post them in the description of the podcast. But we still got a little more Kotor to talk about before the episode end. We go to Kashyyyk. And let me just say something. Let me just say something. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Alright, just kidding. Let's get on with it. I'm excited because our Lion King plot, let me just say. Because our Lion King plot has gotten here. It's not exactly Lion King, but I see some elements of the Lion King in it. We got a betrayed, it's it's a race of Wookiees, which are actually kind of similar to lions if we really think about it like not like it, the lions in the lion king at least 
we have Zalbar, uh, no, uh, sorry, uh, Freyr, not Freyr, um, what's his name? Chundar. Chundar portraying his brother Zalbar in a very long-live-the-king-esque twist. We have Freyr yeah. being exiled. We have, have uh, Freyr, and, and this is going to be a little later than our timestamp, but still, we know it's going to happen. We have Freyr yes. and Zalbar and Revan teaming up to take back the throne from Scar... Sorry, Chundar. Um, and I don't know. I just thought this was a very Lion King-esque. Did you get that sense? Um, I, I mean, I haven't really watched Lion King, but if what you say is true, I, I would be inclined to agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, remind, it always reminds me of Lion King, and I've mentioned it before, and that's why I wanted to give some justification. Also, we meet one of my favorite uh, KOTOR characters, Jolie Bindo. Not to be... Yeah, Jolie Bindo. Oh, yeah. I, I find it funny how gr like grouchy he was. I really wasn't expecting that from him. He's a very at all. he's a mixture. I, he's a mixture for me of Obi Wan and Yoda in some ways. He's the grouchiness. I feel like neither of them are that grouchy as he is. I don't know. I mean, not Obi Wan, but definitely Yoda. Um, it seems like y y Yoda very prods at Luke the way Jolie prods at Revan. Um, it's it's interesting. Um, and I find his backstory really depressing. Do you know his backstory? I don't think he's revealed his backstory. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think he is. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys, because it's pretty interesting. It's actually a pretty good twist, if we're really being honest. Jolie Bindo was a Jedi Padawan, um, and the Jedi at that time um, allowed romantic relationships. So Jolie, oh, really? So Jolie they married... They allowed romantic relationships yes. at that time. Wow. So Jolie married... I didn't know that. That's pretty interesting. So Jolie married another Jedi. But at that time, there was a war going on against the reigning Sith Lord at the time, Exar Kun. And his wife fell to the dark side. And joined Kun. And there was, I think, a battle, and Jolie fought his wife, and he defeated her, and she was like, oh shoot, I've made a mistake, strike me down, and he's like, I can't. And ever since he went to live on a uh, hermit, uh, he, he went to live as a hermit on Kashyyyk. Let me just, so I don't have to do a, like a future Eli um, like I do in some of these. Let me just look that up to make sure I got all that right. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's Jolie, Bindo histor Jolie Bindo's history right there summarized. Let me just make sure I got that right. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, the council, the Jedi Council actually didn't punish Jolie for his actions. Um, and they wanted to promote him to Jedi, to the status of Jedi Knight. And much like Ahsoka Tano, actually, um, Jolie said no and went into self-exile. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, it's interesting and I like, and I actually, and I actually really do like that it's his wife turning to the dark side, that that's an interesting concept about... About um, 
It's an interesting concept about the Jedi's role as people, not just Jedi. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I think I gotta, I, I actually gotta go, so I think we gotta wrap it up soon. But. Absolutely. Okay, um, I guess that's gonna be it for this episode. Um, make sure to, you know, subscribe to our podcast. Um, keep listening. We're gonna be posting a little bit more regularly now, we hope at least. Next episode will be the final episode of KOTOR before proceeding on to Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. May the Force be with you, always. Thank you. See you later.